0: Everybody, This is DJ Dry Air, and today I am interviewing
1: Mr. Errol Johnson. Hi, my name is Errol Johnson, and my dad was Errol King, who's a blues legend at the Dew Drop. And my affiliation with the Dew Drop is through my mom working here and my dad being a musician who performed here. Some of the stuff that they told me about the Dew Drop the way it was for black musicians. And it was like a chilling circuit for artists to come here to play. So you would see Sam Cooke, Ray Charles, Alan Toussaint, some of the legends that performed here. And also my dad, he was a staple here. I mean, it was a lot of history here and some of it Me being young, I got a lot of that wisdom from my dad and my mom about the Dewdrop. So what's
0: a core memory you have of either the neighborhood or just the
1: Dewdrop Inn? My memory in this area was I went to Tom Lafon, I went to Woodson. So I knew the neighborhood and my good memories are just seeing a lot of interaction of people coming to the Dewdrop drop and my my mom and my dad giving me the stories and, and some of the lectures will, will go on over here. I think my fondest memory probably when I would come over here with my mom or dad to get a haircut or just to be around Darty Steakhouse which was next door. So it's, it's a lot of memories now that I'm in here because as a kid, I was just young, maybe five or six years old at the time, and um, I got all the stories from my mom and my dad, you know, here, but I met a lot of people that worked here and some of them who would be entertainers also here, you know, and... It's history here though. That's all I could basically say. A lot of history is right here at the Dew Drop.
0: What was your favorite performance or just event that happened around here? Well,
1: if I had some, it'd probably be James Brown coming here. That was a staple. I could remember going to see James Brown as a kid for just a dollar or two dollars and that was that was awesome he was one of my favorites besides my dad (laughs) but um, that's some of the memories I had those kind of entertainers coming here right here in this neighborhood uptown yeah thank you for letting me interview you thanks a lot for having me and um, I'm enjoying every moment of this because my mom and my dad through their legacy this is like awesome i'll be able to tell some of the other family members about this to, this experience today which was great me and my wife is here and i'm meeting a lot of people that got history here so this is awesome i i really appreciate this whole experience
0: what's up this is dj the because of the third jury and today i'm here with jacqueline at the do job and so one question i'm going to ask you is when or like how did you grow up around the Dewdrop Inn?
2: I actually have been coming in this area since I was about two. My my grandfather lived across the street. And so my aunts and uncles would really frequent the Dewdrop as young people in their 20s. And they were supposed to be babysitting me and they would rotate me. One would go in and get me one of those little strong cokes and then another one would come back out and swap places. So I've been coming in the area for a while. But when I really understood it was a club, a nightclub, it's because my daddy started working here. He was a musician, and mostly he traveled around the country, with Piano Smith. But when um, he was home, he worked at the Drop, And so I, I was glad he was here because I could find him. He was always here. How do you think your father influenced
0: the Doudrop in?
2: My dad was truly a rock and roll legend. My daddy been making music since 1952. Several of his songs became uh, billboard hits. Uh, He traveled around the whole country. A lot of other stars remade his record like the Beatles, Patti LaBelle. But locally, everybody just knew him, and he loved playing here. My dad... um, decided though after many years in the 80s to get out of music he started in the 50s when i was born so he got out of music and he went back to his religion which was a jehovah's witness People often think he left music to become a witness, but my grandmother was a witness, his whole family was. So he always was a witness. So he left music for that reason. And in a sense, he kind of got blackballed because he wasn't showing up no more for concerts and stuff. But really my daddy loved music, he loved performing. And if anybody ever talked to him, he always talked about his good days at the Dewdrop. The Dewdrop was like the real place he did entertainment locally.
0: So how do you think your father influenced you?
2: My daddy was this quiet, funny, he never said nothing bad about people. He loved, he interacted with people. in the music really there's a lot of cutthroat things going. But everybody my daddy talked about, he's found something good in them. And I, I think that's something I take from him. I, I, I'm a nurse now. Um, been 52 years one and I retired last year. And one of the things I said at the end of that interview was treat people better than they deserve. And I got that from my dad. My dad was a guy who didn't let the negativity, didn't let being blackballed, none of that made him get angry or hostile with the music Where He loved performing and he didn't let nothing stop his love for the music.
0: So I feel like we've been talking so much about your father. Okay, let's talk you about your mom.
2: my mom was the mother of her church. And this is going to be funny. My mother is Baptist. My mother was very instrumental in leading my daddy. See, my daddy was a musician and just loved music. He had no business sense at all. But my mom was the strong one who guided our family, kept us together. Because in the music world, sometimes you're up, making plenty money, and sometimes you're real low. But my mom was with a steady face. We have five sisters and brothers in the house. And my mom made sure that we all went to college and we all went to school. And when my daddy wasn't making money, she still was there supporting him. So she did that contribution. Now I am impartial to my dad, you caught that right. I am his biggest fan. And even without music, he's always just been my hero. I just... I feel so much for him and I think I'm extra partial at this time because he passed this year. He passed February the 13th, so I lost him this year. So I think about him even more than ever. That's why I wear this butterfly, by the way, this butterfly. When people ask him about leaving the music world, he said when he was in music, he was a caterpillar, but when he left it, he became a beautiful butterfly. So if you see me anywhere, you'll probably see a butterfly, either a ring or on my shirt or somewhere.
0: Well, rest in peace, your father. So the dewdrop. let's get back on the dewdrop. Okay. End. So how do you think this place was when you were growing up in it?
2: Daddy saw this as a big time place. And honestly, he was local and everybody knew him, so that made him very popular. But what made the place popular was that everybody who was anybody wanted to come to New Orleans and hear that New Orleans funky beat, they call it. So all the big stars came through here. I remember Jackie Wilson coming through here. So there they got a chance to play with people who were on the main stages in in our country, playing in other cities. Lil' Richard, all these people came through. And the Dew Drop was a big deal because after a show, they would come here.
3: What's up? This is DJ Splash, and today I'm here with Miss Karen. Miss Karen, what is your experience with the Dewdrop Inn? My experience with the Dewdrop Inn is my dad used to live in room two hundred two, and uh, I used to stay with him in the Dewdrop Inn. He would uh, cook food for me on a hot plate, and and I just would have a good time with my dad watching the black and white television. We would watch football together. And uh, I just had an overall good experience living at the Dew Drop Inn. And I would eat red beans and rice from out the restaurant. And I could also hear the musicians playing upstairs in my room. And I used to hear the musician. I like Miss Irma Thomas, was is one of my favorites. She's still around. How did the Dew Drop Inn impact the culture of New Orleans? It impacted the culture of New Orleans because it gave a lot of black artists a chance to perform and, and get recognition. A lot of them uh, received Grammy Awards and stuff like that. So it impacted New Orleans a lot uh, for its, uh, with finances and you know helping black business. And also my favorite restaurant was next door to the Dewdrop Inn called The Darkest Steakhouse. I would get red beans and rice and ham hocks. You probably don't know about ham hocks.
4: (laughs) Hey guys, it's DJ KJ and this is DJ Tam. And today we are here with Mr. Ernest and we are going to be interviewing him at the Dewdrop Inn. So the first question is, have you ever seen a performance here?
5: Yes, I've seen from the, I was looking through the doors and I can see Huey. I remember seeing Huey Smith perform here and a few others, but I never seen a complete performance here. But I can see partial of the performance because I can see through the door. The house band was a guy called Guitar Ray. I used to see his performance.
4: Have you ever like snuck out to see a performance at all? Or is that just like you just look through the
3: windows and stuff?
5: Well, that I was employed here at one time. And at the time that I was employed here, I did sneak up on the stage and get on the drums because the drummer was a good friend of mine, and he always liked to allow me to play. So I had on the apron. I came up with my apron on. There, just got up on the stage and with the tapping on the drums, just doing playing, trying to play softly not to hear be heard. And um, then the. The intermission was over and the band leader came back who was the house band I was said was Mr. Guitar Ray they called him and he's stating that um ladies and gentlemen we have a special guest in the house and uh, he's would like to come up and do his new release for you would you put your hands together for Mr. Bobby Bland and when he said Bobby Bland and I'm I'm easing up off the drums to get off the stage so because I'm thinking the band is going to come in and play behind Bobby Bland. And he gave Bobby Bland the microphone. And when he gave Bobby Bland the microphone, my, Bobby turned directly to me. He was sitting right there in front of me at all that time. I never paid any attention to him. And he said these words, stay there son, I was sitting here listening to you and you can handle this. And the rest of the band came in and we played together, and I played behind him, and he he nodded to me as a good performance, and, uh, I, and my, I was at work, <laughs> you know? So that was the only time I really saw uh, a performance in this.
4: Hey, 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 it's me, your girl, DJ L-O-L-A. How has the architecture in the dude Drop, in how has it changed over the years?
6: Basically, it, it's as close to its original form as they could possibly get it. They tried to um, replicate the original structure as much as possible, but it's all fixed. Everything is in working order. Um, They have repaired all of the stuff that was damaged during Katrina, and basically it's a, a total renovation.
4: Okay, and what did the do Drop In, um, how did it impact Black people in the community?
6: The do Drop In gave Black people a place to go to enjoy themselves. They could go and have a nice meal, they could get their hair cut, they could come and enjoy some of the entertainment that was available at the time and see stars that some of them were international stars and a lot of the local folks It just gave Black people a place to have fun, to enjoy themselves.
4: And could people from out of the city, out of New Orleans, come and perform here?
6: Yes, a lot of the performers were people from out of town. You had some big name folks, uh, Ray Charles, Etta James, um, Count Basie, you know, uh, it was just like a who's who, because a lot of the entertainers who performed at the Do Drive Actually came to New Orleans to perform at other venues, but while they were here, they would stop and do a little entertaining at the Do Drop. This is a part of, of them having fun and just wanting to be at the Do Drop.
4: Why was it important to renovate the Do Drop Inn for the future generations? Like, what will it do for the future generations?
6: It'll it'll be like a. a a uh, home base, a uh, place where you can reach back and touch a part of the history of the city. You know, the Dewdrop is significant um, for several reasons. Um, um, one of the other reasons that it is famous for, and not um, just the entertainment, is that um, my grandfather was a part of the civil rights struggle because back in the days when it was illegal for blacks and whites to be in, uh, be in places together, my grandfather would allow anybody who wanted to have fun, black, white, whatever, to come in and enjoy themselves.
4: And how did um, segregation take a role in the Drop Inn?
6: Segregation uh, played a major part. There would be instances where the police would come in, and if there were white people that were in the Drop, everybody who was in there at the time would get arrested, and they would get charged with what was called racial mixing back then. But over time, the police raids kept going on, and my grandfather decided that he was going to fight. He set up a a lawsuit. He was suing the city, the district attorney, and the police department, and his um, lawyers were A.P. Turo, who they named the street after, and Dutch Morial. But it just so happened that right when the case was about to go to trial, the civil rights bill was passed, so they never really got to court.
7: Hi, I'm JJ Lux, and I'm here with B Lad Studios at the Dewdrop Inn, and I'm going to be interviewing one of our elders in the community, Miss Dorothy, who ran the steakhouse next door. So I'm going to start out by asking, "What was it like in the neighborhood?"
8: Mm, okay, I go all the way back to 1956 in the neighborhood. I live right next door to the Dewdrop Inn back in those years, and I always wanted that Dewdrop Inn. Being a young person that came from the country, came here and they see the excitement of the shows, the musicians and things. They would come in, they're going to the show, they would walk the streets on the sidewalk with the guitar, playing them songs. I remember guitar slam, the things that I used to do. He would get he had, when he get in the crowd would get kind of all into it, he would take his guitar and come out on the sidewalk. And they had kids and everywhere just listening out, you know, listening for that at that time.
7: That sounds amazing. That sounds like a very thriving community. What is your favorite memory from the Dewdrop? drop?
8: When you came here, you saw a show. They had an MC, a band, shig dancer, and uh, always a lot of guest stars came in. And it, it wasn't expensive. I think cover charge was like about $2 to get in at that time. And it, it, it was it was off the charts. You mentioned
7: how important music was to the Dewdrop. And do you want to talk about your favorite
8: artists and musicians that have performed here? I can go all the way back when they see Ray Charles was here. Uh, who else? Well, Irma Thomas, you, you, you know Irma Thomas. She was raised up in, it, in that project across the street over there. So she was here all the time too. Erin Neville was here. He and I went, we graduated from high school together. Oh man, when you can go back to the old stars, Dizzy Gillespie, Cab Calloway, just about any star you can name when they came in New they came here. Okay, this is what it was. It was during segregation time. The stars could come here and perform in the clubs and in the ventures downtown, but they could not stay there. They had to stay here, right here, they do drop in. I either had another hotel right on the other side of me, which I had the the restaurant right next door to the steakhouse, and I had that foster hotel. I only mean, all the two places they could stay, the do drop in or foster hotel. So I was a young black person in business, and I was able to capitalize on the business between the two of them, because once this place was full up, they had to have somewhere else to go. So I was right next door, and I was, you know, so I got that business. But for the stars, oh, I couldn't even name them all. Uh, Annie White, uh, Kiss Tomorrow Goodbye. Earl King, Mother's Love. Local stars, uh, Lee Darcy, Yaya, uh, oh man, I just millions of I can't think of all of them right now by name, but I mean, and they had the movie stars when they would come to New Orleans, they would come here, white movie stars. We couldn't go in their place, but they were, they could come in our neighborhood and was welcome in at all the times. They came here and everything. but. Uh, Back, like I said, back in that time, it was the Jim Crow area, and we benefited from it being the Jim Crow area because all the black dollars stayed in the black neighborhoods at that time. When integration came, it was over. Everybody wanted to go downtown to the French Quarter, and so they were able to go to the French Quarter. And I think that's what kind of killed some of the black businesses you know, in this area, except for a few of us that owned our own, our own buildings and everything. We were able to hold on. What was it like owning a business right next door to the Dewdrop Inn? Back in those years, when they would be waiting to go to the Dewdrop, they would all come by me. When the show was over, they would come by me. As a matter of fact, I had enough business out of the Dewdrop to keep me thriving in those years.
7: You've talked a lot about the history of the neighborhood. and I want to know what you see
8: for the future of this area and this street. Okay, this is gonna be a wait and see thing. They got some big shoes to build up. Yeah. they're gonna try to go do back to Do Drop where they used to be, to bring it back. But like I say, it was the number one venture in the whole South back in those years. It was really something to see. Anyway, everybody that came to town wanted to come see the Do Drop in. all over the world. Do Drop in. When I left out this area, I went and bought another place uptown. I named it the Broadway Bar, But I always wanted me a do drop in.
7: It is such a huge piece of history for the South. And I guess I'm just curious as to what you think of what is being done to the building and the architecture and the renovations
8: and the changes that they're making to restore it after the hurricane. They did a beautiful job on this building. They really did a beautiful job, but it's kind of small for the the business they used to have here back in those years. They really did a beautiful job on it, but they got some big shoes to fill.
7: Thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me today. Um, It is an honor to be here walking through history, um, talking to people who meant so much to the history of the South and New Orleans and this neighborhood and the music industry. Thank you again, Miss Dorothy. Thank you, Dewdrop.
8: Today brought about a lot of memories. I mean, a lot of memories. I'm 84 years old. And, you know, it almost makes tears come to your eyes when you think about the things that we went through in those years in order for a, a Black business to survive. Like I say, this Dewdrop was here when I came to New Orleans, 56. I don't know how long, but it stayed a flourishing, I mean a flourishing business, it was a flourishing business it was really the place to be. We, we had good times, me I did alright uh, all the black businesses really did alright because all the black people really stuck together back in those days it wasn't no backbiting like that, you was in the same business with me you had something I need, all you did was get on the phone and call me and it was there, I had something you needed I could call you That's how how black business operated back in those years. And you come in here and look at this place now and see how good it is, beautiful. It is really beautiful. And best of luck to these new owners.